Praise the Lord. But I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord. How about you? Come on, success starts on Sundays in God's house, lifting up the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and way not to let the rain keep you home, sleeping, cuddled up, way to get to God's house. Come on, you got a blessing today. God's got a blessing in store for your life today. And I'm excited to preach today. I've got a word that I believe is going to really help your life. I do want to welcome all of our guests today. If you're new with us, we have guest reception today. So if this is your first time or you've been coming the last six, seven weeks to People's Church, you're new to People's Church, would you meet me today at guest reception? You'll get a little bit more details about it at the end of the service, but those some donuts and some coffee and we just want to connect with you get to know you a little bit better want to give you a free copy of my book but welcome to all of our guests today here at people's church and we are in a series called God can't and we're looking at the limitations of God and as we we look at this we've got this week and next week we're going to wrap up the series looking at the last limitation of God that we're studying in this series And I want to talk to you today about how God cannot break his promises. God can't break his promises. There was a man who was working as a as as a in his early, early working career. He decided every single week when he got paid, he was going to get twenty dollars and put it under his mattress. He got paid every single week, and every single week, he would take $20, put it under his mattress. Get paid again, take $20, and put it under his mattress. And he did this for years and years and years, and now he's an older gentleman. He's about to die, and he, he tells his wife this. He says, honey, would you make me a promise? Would you promise me that all of the $20 bills that I've put under the mattress for all of these years, that when I die, you would take those $20 and you will put it in my casket so I can take it with me? He said, baby, baby, you got to promise me that you'll do this. She goes, okay, I'll promise when you die, I'll I'll put all the money in your casket. And, And a week or two later, he died. And his wife lifted up the mattress, and, and she saw all of those $20 bills that have been put there for years and years and years, and, and there were so many $20 bills, and, and she grabbed those $20 bills, and she took them to the bank, and she deposited the money, and then she got her checkbook out, wrote a check, and dropped it in the casket at the funeral. <laughs> she kept her promises. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, us humans could struggle to keep our promises. Uh, even I can struggle to keep my promises. There, I, I can remember that there have been times that I've told my children, I'm going to make it to some activity, I'm going to make it to some event, and I'm going to, I'm going to be there, and, and I'm across the country preaching or speaking at some leadership conference, and, and I'm in the airport, and I, I told them I'll make it, and I have every intention to make it, but my flight gets delayed. And I'm stuck in the airport, and and I can't, there's nothing I can do to catch an earlier flight, and I'm just stuck there, delay after delay, and I end up breaking my promise. Although I wanted to be there, I said I would be there, I couldn't be there. And even when our intentions are good, there are just sometimes we cannot deliver on our promises as human beings. But I want you to know something about your great God. Our God keeps his promises. If he says it, he will do it. And we learned in week number one of this series that God can't lie. 
Hebrews chapter number six and verse 18 says, so God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we have fled to him for refuge and can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us because God can't lie. God cannot break his promises. God will deliver on every promise that he says. God keeps his promises. You can find this all throughout the scriptures in 2 Corinthians chapter number 1 and verse 20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. All of his promises are Yes, 1 Kings chapter number 8 and verse 56. Praise the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the wonderful promises he made through his servant Moses because God keeps his promises. Joshua chapter 21 verse 45. Not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had, had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything. Come on, everybody shout Everything. So, so, so huge. Everything he had spoken came true. Joshua 23, verse 14, soon I will die, going the way of everything on earth. Deep in your hearts, you know that every promise of the Lord, your God, has come true. Not a single one has failed because God cannot break his promises. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 15, then Abraham waited patiently and he received what God had promised. Abraham received the promises of God for his life. And friends, I want you to understand, just like God had promises for Abraham's life, God has promises for your life that he wants you to receive. This is so huge. God has promises for your life that he wants you to receive just like he had promises for Abraham's life. And what I want to do today is I want to teach you how to receive God's promises for your life. Is there anybody in the house that you want to receive all God's promises for your life? Everything that God has for your life, for your family, you want to receive it. Uh, I want to teach you how to receive God's promises. And here's how I want to do it. I want to talk to you about five roadblocks that will keep you from receiving God's promises. Five roadblocks. If you will overcome these roadblocks, you will receive the promises that God has for your life. Five roadblocks. And we're going to look at the life of Abraham today. Number one is this. We don't know God's promises. It's a roadblock. We don't know God's promises. You see, in Genesis chapter number 12, verse 1 through 3, God gave Abraham promises for his life. God gave him promises like he was going to bless him. He was going to make his name great. That all peoples on earth were going to be blessed through him. God promised him that he was going to have a child, a promised child. Abraham pursued the promises of God because he knew the promises of God. I'm going to say that again. Abraham pursued the promises of God because he knew the promises of God. My, my wife and I, for the last several years, we, we take a trip together without our children. And we love our children, but they're not going to live with us the rest of their life. Come on, we're raising them to leave. Come on, somebody. But it's still going to be us. And so 
we, we pull away once a year and go on a trip and invest in our marriage and rekindle the fires in our marriage. And it's a great trip every single year. We look forward to it. And, and one year we went to New York City together. It was our first time together to, in, in New York City, and we had a blast. We went to see a professional baseball game. We went to a Broadway show, and we ate a lot of pizza. We just had a, we had a good time on this trip, and we were staying at a Marriott Hotel. And this Marriott Hotel had a concierge lounge. And in the mornings, they served breakfast. And so we would go there and, and we would eat breakfast in the morning. And it was two or three days into our trip. And we found out that the concierge lounge not only served breakfast, but they served snacks throughout the day. They, they served dinner at night. They, they had dessert there. I'm like, what? Holla at your boy. Why didn't I know this? And so we started going to the concierge lounge and getting some snacks and some dinner and some cookies. Come on, I took some extra cookies because I missed out a couple of days. I took some extra cookies back to the room with some sweet low packages. And you know, I'm just playing. I didn't take no sweet low packages. Some of you do. And you take the silverware home. Stop it. It's a problem. We didn't know that there were benefits afforded to us, so we never pursued the benefits until we found out about the benefits. And God has thousands of promises in the word of God, in the scriptures, in the Holy Bible for your life. And so many Christians never pursue the promises of God because they don't know about the promises of God. And friends, you got to know promises like God will never leave you and never forsake you. Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. If you're a Christian, if you're a child of God, it's a promise in the word of God. God will never leave you, never forsake you. God is with you in good times. He's with you in bad times. He's with you when things are up. He's with you when things are down. It's a game changer that you know that God is with you when when you're going through trouble, God is with you. When you're going through hardship, God is with you. When you don't know what to do, God is with you. You need to know the promises of God, like God has a plan and purpose for your life. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse number 11, for I know the plans I, I have for you, says the Lord. The plans are good and not, to, not for disaster, but to give you a future and a hope. And there are so many people that walk around in life and they feel hopeless because they don't know God's plan. They don't know God's purpose for their life. And you got to discover God's purpose. It's God's promise to you. He has a plan for your life. If you feel hopeless today, God has a purpose. He has a plan for your life. And at People's Church, we want to help you discover God's plan and purpose for your life. That's one of the reasons we have growth track. Week one starts next week. I want to talk to somebody just real quick. You feel hopeless. You feel like you don't have a purpose. Get to growth track and discover your purpose. Discover the gifts that God's given you to make a difference. Don't you go another single month with living a life of hopelessness. Somebody say, preach, pastor. I'm trying to. God has a purpose for your life. Get the growth track next week. Listen to me, church. You got to know promises like God will provide for your needs. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, and my God will meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You got to know that there's a, you serve a good, good father. That's who he is. And God desires to take care of all of your needs. 
you need to know promises like God wants to give you peace. Peace is yours. John chapter 14, verse 27. I am leaving you with a gift, Jesus says. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift. The world cannot give it. So don't be troubled or afraid. You need to know the promises of God because many people never receive the promises. Because they don't pursue the promises. Because they don't know the promises of God. And that's why you got to read the Bible. That's why I say read the Bible. You're not going to get everything that you need on a Sunday morning for an hour and 10 minutes in church. You got to read the Bible so that you can know God's promises for your life. Here's a second roadblock that you got to get around to receive God's promises from the life of Abraham. We give up on God's promises. It's a huge roadblock. If you're going to receive God's promises, you, you cannot give up on the promises of God. You see, Abraham received God's promises because he did not give up. At the age of 75 years old, God promised Abraham and Sarah they were going to have a child. And after God gave them this promise, they had challenges. They went through trials. They had marriage difficulties. And let me tell you, friends, 25 years later, because Abraham did not give up on God's promises, even through trials and tribulation, they ended up having a child. God was faithful to his promise and understand something about God. God's timing is rarely our timing. It's rarely our timing, but he may not come when you want him. But he's always, I said he's always Right on time. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 15 says, And then Abraham waited patiently. That's key, those two words. Waited patiently. And he received what God had promised. And friends, would you agree with me that 25 years is a long time to wait for a promise from God? But he waited and he received the promise because, listen to me, being delayed doesn't mean you're denied. You have to keep trusting God. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35 says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what what he has promised. You've got to persevere. You've got to keep doing the will of God. You've got to keep trusting God. And I know some of you have been waiting a long time on the promise of God for your life, but don't throw away your confidence. Keep trusting in God. Well, pastor, we have not had a baby yet. Hold on. Don't you throw away your confidence. Well, pastor, my marriage hasn't turned around yet. Don't you throw away your confidence in God. Well, pastor, my child still is not serving God, and I've been praying for years. Don't you throw away your confidence. Pastor, I know I'm supposed to start a business. God spoke to me. I still haven't started that business. Don't throw away your confidence in God. Pastor, I started my business and my business is not taken off yet. Listen, don't throw away your confidence in God. Pastor, I'm, I know one day I'm going to own my own home. It still has not happened. Don't throw away your confidence in God. Listen, don't grow weary in well-doing. Keep trusting God. Keep leaning on the Lord. Keep your hopes high in the Lord. He's not a man that he should lie. Nor a son of man that he should change his mind. If he said it, he'll do it. 
Romans chapter 4, verse 18, it says this about Abraham, even when there was no, no reason for hope. Anybody ever been there before? When you look at your situation, you look at your circumstance, and you're like, I don't know why I still got hope. Because there is no reason to have hope based on what I see. But it says this about Abraham. Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. Notice this. It did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And Sarah, and so was Sarah's womb, 100 years old. 100 years old. Him and, his ch- him and his wife have not had a child. 100 years old. I'm 44. I don't want no more kids. Ha! God bless you wanting kids at 75. Not me. They've been waiting. No baby. Body as good as dead. But verse 20 says, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger and, 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 and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced. This is for somebody right now. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises because God does not break his promises. Delayed does not mean denied. Abraham waited 25 years. Oops! There it is. And he had a baby at 100 years old. Moses waited 40 years to fulfill God's purpose of delivering the nation of Israel out of Egypt. And after 40 years of waiting, God showed up and he gave him his promise. The woman with the issue of blood waited 12 long years of bleeding. But God showed up with his healing power. 12 years later, Joseph waited 13 years for his dream to come to pass. That one day he was going to be a powerful leader. And God showed up showed up and 13 years later God brought the dream to pass. The disciples prayed for 40 days in an upper room waiting to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, God showed up and poured out his spirit. Elisha served Elijah and followed Elijah for 7 to 8 years before he was filled, before God poured out the double portion of the anointing on Elisha. David was anointed to be king as a teenage boy and he waited 14 years of running from Saul before the, before the dream came to pass and he became the king of Israel 14 long years but God showed up. Mary and Martha waited three days for their brother. God promised your brother is going to get up from the grave. Jesus showed up three days later and said Lazarus Lazarus come forth. Jesus waited 33 years for the promise of the Father that one day he was going to bring salvation to the world. 33 long years but Jesus, the Father promised and he delivered and Jesus died on that cross and rose again because God is faithful. If God said it he will do it. I'm talking to somebody today. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on to the promise of God. Listen to me today. Don't trust in the promises of God. Trust the God of the promises. Keep trusting your great God. Keep trusting your great God. God does not lie. He brings his promises to pass. Trust his heart even when you don't see his hand. Number three is this. Number three is this. Number three is this. God's answer to his promise, his promises don't always look like what we expect. Yeah. 
God's answer to his promises don't always look like what we expect. It's a hurdle. It's a roadblock. Genesis chapter 15 verse 7 says this. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. But Abraham said, sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? And because Abraham had limited thinking, just like you and I had limited thinking, he misinterpreted the promise of God. You see, Abraham thought that he was going to take possession of the land. But, but, but the possession of the land didn't occur in Abraham's lifetime. It was actually 400 years later that his offspring took possession of the land. He misinterpreted the promises of God. And one of the reasons we miss out on God's promises is because we think we understand God's perfect plan. We, we, we think we, we, we limit God because we think we understand how God has to move. You see, our natural minds are so influenced by our own thinking. God's plan, we filter it through our own emotions. We, we filter it through our own desires. God's given us a promise and we start filtering it through our, our, our human mind. And oftentimes we misinterpret what God says. And today, I want you to lay all of your misconceptions I want you to lay all of your thoughts about how God has to bring the promise to pass. I want you to lay all your preconceived ideas at the feet of Jesus. You got to do that today if you're going to receive the promises of God. Because oftentimes we can misinterpret what God is up to. Well, 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 Pastor, you know, I, we've been trying for years to get pregnant. I got pregnant. Would you, would you just, would you, just you, you got, would you lay that at the feet of Jesus? Just lay that. Pastor, I've been wanting to get married for years and still... Still single. God, God should have showed up by now. Would you lay that, lay, just lay, lay that at the feet of Jesus. Lay all your ideas, your preconceived ideas, lay it at the feet of Jesus. Pastor, my child should be serving God by now. I've been serving God. I've been praying for years. Would, would, you, would you lay that at the feet of Jesus? Pastor, I should have started my business by now. My business should be exploding by now. I'm serving God. I'm living by his word. Would you just lay that at the feet my, my marriage should be turned around by now. Would you lay that at the feet of Jesus? One of the reasons we miss out on God's promises is because we misinterpret what God is up to. Don't you get in God's way. He has a plan. He has a purpose. If he's made you a promise, he will bring it to pass. As I just said, you got to trust the God of the promises more than you put your trust in the promises. Lean on God. Lay, lay it at his feet. Take all your ideas. Take all of your thoughts about what God should be doing and lay it at the feet of Jesus. Number four is this. Number four is this. Just look at your neighbor and say, I know this is for you today. Go ahead and tell them that. They, they need to hear that. I know this is for you. I know this is for you. Glad you got about that rain and got yourself to church. This is for you. Number four, number four, number four. The fourth roadblock is we don't realize many of God's promises are conditional. They're conditional. See, God's promises to Abraham were conditional. Abraham had, to, had a role to play to receive the promises of God. And I could give you several examples, but let me give you one example from Abraham's life. In Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 1, it says, The Lord has said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. 
I will make you, here's promises, I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. But did you notice this? Abraham had to leave his family, leave his country to receive God's promises. And then God says, I want you to go where I want you to go. I want you to follow me. I want you to follow my leading. I want you to obey me. In other words, if you want the promises of God, you've got to follow what God's laid out. God's promises are oftentimes conditional. You have to obey God. Listen, when God gives you a promise, you don't try now to bend God's will to your will. No, 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 no. God gives you a promise. You still have to bend your will to his will. You can't try to hold God's promises over his head. But God, you said you better come over here. and No, 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 no. You got to bend your will to God. So many people miss out on the promises God has for their life because they're spending all their time trying to get God to bend to their will instead of trying to bend their will to God's will. If you want to have the promises of God, you have to do what God says. Even the promise of peace that I told you about earlier. It's conditional. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And, the, and then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. And there are Christians who don't live with the peace of God because they don't take everything to the Lord in prayer. They take it to their friends. They take it to social media, but they're not taking it to God. And, and, and then they're not having a thankful heart. They don't have a heart of thanksgiving. And so they, they start living life and they're living life with, with, with just crazy anxiety, high levels of stress, just, just unnecessary stress in their life. The promise of peace is conditional. The, the promise of living with God's joy in our heart is conditional. If you're going to have the joy of the Lord, Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit to have God's joy. You have to place your trust in God, not in possessions, not in stuff, not in people, not in places, but in God. Psalm chapter 16, verse, verse number 11. He says, you will show me the path of life. Here's the promise in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So you can live in God, with God's joy if you live in God's presence. Amen. So I tell you, get in God's presence. Pursue God's presence. Man, that's, that's what I try to do with my life. I just try to pursue God's presence all the time because joy comes from living in his presence. Most of the time, if you're in my car, I either have worship music going or the sports channel. <laughs> but worship music a lot of times, I want his presence in my life. When I'm at the gym working out, man, uh, the majority of the time, I got a sermon going. I'm feeding my spirit, man. I'm listening to God's word. I want to be in his presence. I get up in the morning and I read my Bible. I pray. I just want to be in his presence. I need his presence. If I'm going to have joy, I got to be in his presence. Joy is conditional. That's why there's some Christians that walk around looking like they've been sucking on lemons all the time. You got, you got to be in his presence. The, the promise of God providing for our needs and blessing our life is conditional. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. And my God will meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And, and many people love this verse. I love it. And man, people want to shout out. Man, let's shout. They dance. Woo! My God will meet all of my needs. And man, we get excited. We can run and get happy. But many people don't experience the benefits of this verse and this promise. 
because they don't follow the conditions. You see, if you just read two verses earlier of the context of this scripture, Philippians chapter four and verse 17 says, not that I desire your gifts. Paul says, I'm not desiring that you just give an offering to, to, to the work of the Lord. He says, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. And that's my heart as your pastor. I want more to be credited to your account. I want God to bless your life. Verse 18 says, I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied. Now that I've received from Epiditus the gifts you sent, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Paul says this to the church of Philippi. He says that my God will supply all of your needs because you are a generous church. And God always blesses the giver. Friends, can I tell you that you will never outgive God. And this verse says this, because you're a giver, because that you're generous, because that you give to the kingdom of God, my God will meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. There is conditions. And that's why we teach it. People says, honor God. Do what the word of God says. Man, be a tither. Give 10% of your income to the local church wherever you worship. So generosity unlocks God's blessing upon your life. When God speaks to you about giving an offering above your tithe, obey the voice of the Lord. Because listen, Generosity unlocks God's blessings over your life. People want provision, but they don't follow what the Lord says. Can I take it a step further? Even salvation is conditional. The promise of salvation is conditional. The scripture says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So, so the, way, the way that you're saved is conditional. You have a role to play. You have to confess Jesus as your Lord. You have to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And then you will be saved. Understand this. Many of God's promises for your life are conditional. And God will always do his part. You need to do your part to receive God's promises for your life life. Number five is this. There's a fifth roadblock that we have to overcome to receive the promises of God. And that is this. We don't take steps of faith. We don't take steps of faith. Abraham received the promises of God because he took steps of faith. And I want you to see this in Genesis chapter 12, verse four. So I've already read to you verse one, two, and three. Leave your, leave your home, leave your, leave your family. Go to the place I'll show you. And Genesis chapter 12 and verse 4 says this. So Abram went. Wow. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. This is key. He ultimately received God's promises because he followed God by faith. You see, church, faith without works is, is dead. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 says this, by faith, come on, at all of our locations, everybody shout, by faith. I want you to catch that. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Didn't know exactly where he was going, but he knew God said, leave. And he starts stepping out in faith and said, God, I'll follow you wherever you direct me. I'm just going by faith. And, and, and 
I've been able to, I thank the Lord, receive some of the promises that he's, he has for my life. I haven't received them all, but I've received some of them. And, and that, that, that every one of them required me to walk by faith. I can remember it, my, even in my teenage years, God spoke to me, calling me into ministry, giving me visions and dreams about he was going to use my life. And I ended up in the state of Arkansas on a football scholarship. And I, this is not for everybody. This is not for all you college students right now. But God was calling me to leave that university and to pursue a Bible degree. I ended up in one university and transferred to another one. I ended up getting another football scholarship, got a Bible degree. Uh, I, it was a step. Of, I didn't know exactly where I was going when God spoke, but I was obedient. I started traveling and speaking. Didn't grow up in a minister's home. Didn't go up, go, grow up going to church all the time. Didn't have any relationships and connections. But when God opened the door to go speak at a youth group with five students, I went and preached. Ten students, I went and preached. I was just taking steps of faith. And the next thing you know, God started opening up doors in California and Massachusetts and New York and opened up all of these. But it just started with just taking steps of faith and obeying God. In 22 years old, I was, I was so scared to get married. I hadn't seen, you know, the, the greatest example and a lot, of, a lot of divorce in our family. And I just didn't think I could be a good husband. I just really didn't think I could be. Even on wedding day, I almost walked off the altar and not, didn't marry Tiffany because I was so scared. But I stepped out in faith. I've had to grow a lot since I said I do. Come on, somebody. I've grown a lot. But almost 22 years later, I thank God for his promises as I stepped out in faith. I was even more terrified to have children. I was scared. I was so, I'm, I, you have no idea how terrified I was to have kids. I just knew I was going to mess them up. Anybody ever felt that? I'm going to jack these kids up. Anybody ever felt that before? I'm, I'm, I know I am. But I stepped out in faith. At 26 years old, my wife was 24. We left Missouri, moved to Oklahoma City to start a church. 65 people, Quail Springs Mall and the AMC Theater. All we had was a dream and a promise from God. And 17 years later, God has been faithful. I'm talking to somebody that needs to step out in faith today. Would you step out in faith and start reading your Bible and praying every day, every morning? Say, Pastor, my mornings are so busy. I know it takes faith to adjust your schedule, to get God in your schedule. It takes faith. Would you take a step of faith? Some of you, God's calling you to go back to school or going to get your master's or your, ba your bachelor's, your master's, your doctor's degree. Would you step out in faith and follow God? God is speaking to some of you about starting your own company, starting your own business. Would you start taking steps of faith? God is speaking to you. I'm going to restore your marriage. Would you start taking steps of faith and believing God? God has said, I'm going to set you free from the addiction. Would you take steps of faith and get to the program, get to Teen Challenge, get to Celebrate Recovery? Would you start taking steps of faith towards what God is speaking to you? God said, I want to bless you. I want to provide for your needs. Would you take a step of faith and start tithing? Start tithing today and honoring God and inviting his blessings into your life. God has said, listen to you. I have a plan and purpose for your life. Would you take a step of faith and get the growth track next week? Let me, let me lead your life. Let me show you the purpose and plan that I have for your life. Would you take a step of faith, some of you, and get in a small group? Get, get around connecting with other Christians. 
that there's freedom when you get connected with other believers. Today, we're launching our small groups. And some of you are like me. You are an introvert. But even no matter how introverted you are, you need God's people. You need a small group. I'm in one because I need it. Would you get in a small group? Would you get your People's Church app out today and go to connect on it and find a small group that works for you and get connected today? Listen, this coming up Thursday night is recharge for our young adults. I want to encourage all of our young adults to get to recharge. If you're 18 to age 35, if you're 45, you're not a young adult. I hate to break it to you like that, but somebody's got to tell you. My name is Herbert. I'm your friend. You're not a young adult anymore. But if you're 18 to 35, this Wednesday night, this Thursday night, would you get to this building right here on Britain Road or at Midwest City location? Would you get there? And would you get plugged into the Recharge small group and start growing in your faith? Here's what I'm saying. If you're going to receive the promises of God, Abraham went. Abraham put feet to his faith and he received the promises of God. 